This might have been the perfect start of all time. Podcast, music, go, right on cue. Good morning, Tom. Good morning out there. Welcome to my show. This is episode number 119 in a row. Did you know that massage a knee sounds like massage a knee? It is June 1st, 2018. Interesting. Did you bring your water with you? I hope you enjoy agua. It is that an H and two. And that O is after because it's got that two parts this and one part that. And it's two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. And that's how you balance that equation. If you'd like to add them up, then you know Adam stuff. That Adam was the Adam in. Good morning, weasel, to a pinch, a punch, a first a month. Would you like to go to the bank today? No, you should not. Those lines will be right out the door. Never go to the bank on the first and third of the month. My whole life I've heard first and 15th, but from working at the bank, that SSI in the U.S. comes in the first and third. Bad days to go to the bank. Good morning, Steve. And if... Good morning, Stampy. You have been here multiple days in a row clear. Now you get to be a mod. So welcome to the mods. And you can run, run, run. In the sun, run, run. Steve, I didn't see what you said when I asked you about Jesus when he's dead. Did you guys think he's a prophet or just someone that lost all his logic? I want to know what the Jews think about Jesus Christ. Please tell me or Jesus of Nazareth. Whatever floats your boat, it's okay. That's what the chat's for. It's supposed to be people going and bitching and saying whatever they want to and they explore the rights and wrongs and all that stuff. Don't worry about it. That makes it all so much fun. Welcome to that Kevin Smith and Jen America is here as well. And welcome all. Don't forget to hit that like button before that you stall. Wylin, Wylin, alright, Wylin been here enough too, Wylin been here enough too, and I was the originator that gave everybody mod, gave everyone the mod status by the way, I, ask Island, ask Island, Island knows, I was the one that said throw the, give him, give him a mod, and you get a mod, and you get a mod, but where's Jacob been, where has Jacob been? Well, good morning. On today's episode, it is June 1st, 2018, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
and it is 904. It's not 904. It's 904 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is the 119th or 119th episode of Knee TV. And looking out my window, it reminds me last night of a couple of ghetto ass people arguing in the middle of the street. Where I live, there's like nice and ghetto right within a mere shot of each other. And I don't mean that like a pistol shot, but you could take it however you'd like to. The answer that I'd like to know, Steve, is what does your sect of Jews believe about Jesus. I heard that some Jews believe that Jesus was a prophet, just not the Son of God. I'd like to know what your sect, because I'm assuming there's different sects of Jews, because there definitely is in Williamsburg. Those guys are full Jew, 100% Jew. They got the payas, they got the little Jew hats, and I'm not talking about the yarmulkes, I'm talking about them black hats with the brims all around. So I'd like to know what your Jew believes about. So I believe Jesus is Son of God. Get the fuck out of here. See, you guys are the good Jews. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very cool. That's very cool. That'll keep you around a long, long time. That'll keep your people around a long time if, you believe, if you're Jewish and you believe in that. You got the best of both worlds. That's the best of both worlds. Maybe I ought to become one of them. Can I become one of those uh, Messianics? Messianics? Is that how you say? Messianics. Messianics, meaning that you mean he's the Messiah, but you still believe in all the other stuff. Yeah, smart. See, you guys have hedged your bets properly. You got to tell Shia to start hedging his bets properly, too. That's, that's smart. Very smart. All right, so today, I was talking about misogyny, and I thought, you know what? Let's talk about this on a Friday. You know, we're not going to dive into the book unless we absolutely need to. Sun slash sin slip. Yeah, that's one of those Freudian slips they talk about. I know how Pinder got his son. We celebrate the festivals. Dope. So, uh, misogyny, according to Bing, because we don't Google anymore. We're very anti-Google on a Google platform being YouTube. And it says, a dislike of contempt for or ingrained prejudice against women. Misogyny. Let's pronounce it all together. It goes... Misogyny. Why do they got some like little kids saying it? Misogyny. 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 Why is this some little kid saying it? That's so weird. So, what I decided to do to talk about misogyny was to pull up some articles. Now, I don't do a lot of news stuff. Or at least I don't do a lot of news stuff anymore. But I put the links in the description. This first is according to the Washington Post. I like, I think Rush calls it the, the Washington Compost. And now, oh, good morning. Good morning, my dear. Welcome to my show. You never know who's going to come in here every now and then. Gotta everybody say hello to my wife. Please be nice to her. Misogyny. Misogyny. Um, don't forget to hit the like button. And uh, we're going to break down this story about Samantha B. I don't know why this comes up. First article on Bing, according to as for misogyny. I know she said something kind of a little raw the other day, but... We're going to see what this article is about. So it says, Samantha B., host of the Full Frontal on TBS, is among the most talented comics. No, talented comics? Give me a break. She is not talented at all. I don't I don't understand her talent. And uh, all of those traits she abandoned in the slap at... Okay, so they're saying how nice and great she is. So check the highlights from a career show, Comedy Central's Daily Show. You'll see her versatile talent. 
capable of deploying irony, mock interview skills, zaniness, and steroidal wit. I don't know what that word is. All of those traits she abandoned in the slap at Ivanka Trump. She's been... She's been this the entire time. This is not out of bounds for her. This is the way she talks. She just doesn't say that on TV. I guess she said that the C-U-N, the C-U-N word with a little cup of tea. Apparently she said that on her show. And now people are like, you got to apologize for that. That's too far. But when you're on the left, you can say whatever you want. Just say you're sorry. Move on. It's over. Look at um what Bill Maher said recently. Right, Bill Maher said, hey, I'm just a house N-word. And then it was like, all right, they're going to run him over the coals for a day, and now no one cares anymore. Eh, he's fine. You know? Mel Gibson, for years, had to be held to the <laughs> had to be held to what he said. But that's what happens when you make fun of the Jews. No, I don't even think it's that. Because uh, Farrakhan talks about the Jews all the time. And, you know, they still, like, herald him as a good man. It's like... This guy, like, rips on the Jewish people every opportunity he gets. Ivanka Trump works at the White House. Oh, here, here, hold on. So all the traits Ivanka Trump, uh, not fulfilling the comics, expectation opposing the Trump administration, barbaric policy of separating undocumented families as they reach the border. Because it's illegal. You can't cross the border like that. Like, this is, this is why I don't do the news anymore. This is why I don't do the news, because it's like, you're, they're clearly doing something illegal, separating families. It's like, yeah, they're not going to send a kid back on his own, but y y what are you going to do? Stop stop breaking the law. This is not that hard, guys. Vodka Trauma works at the White House, chose to post the second most oblivious tweet we've ever seen. Oh my goodness. She takes a picture with her kid holding her kid, and that's supposed to be a big shot. This is what happens... When you're on the left and you're super sensitive about everything, now you look for you look for ways to be offended. And you're like, oh, oh, she took a picture with a child. That must be about that must be about separating families and the new legislation that just passed. It's like, wait a minute, that was already a law. It's just being enforced more now. Am I right? Am I right? Who works at the White House shows? Okay, yep. Said B, in apparent reference to Roseanne Barr's racist tweet denouncing former Obama's Val Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett. You know, Ivanka, that, that's a beautiful photo, you and your child, but let me just say one mother to another. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless C dash 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 dash. So, yeah, whatever that word could be. Um... Dear, I don't have a crush. And you're not, dear, you're not going to throw off today's show. I don't have a crush on Ivanka Trump. I only have a crush on you. And I don't think you hit the like button yet. So I wouldn't mind if you hit the like button, my, my sweetheart. So, I'm not for all banning people. Oh, and, and as far as the Valerie Jarrett comparison, she does look like the chick from Planet of the Apes. She looks almost exactly like her. When I heard that, I go, yeah. She looks like her. That's actually, to me, I thought it was the whole Muslim Brotherhood. Now, I, I know a little bit about Valerie Jarrett, and I know that she helped get the Iran deal through. So if that's where it came from, it's kind of funny. But everyone's so damn sensitive, you can't make fun of everybody. Yeah, Valerie Jarrett isn't even that black. That's the funny thing about that. That's right, Steve. She's like, she's, she's kind of, but that's the thing in this country. If you have 1% black in you, they go, you're black. And you get all the benefits that come along with being black. Where they used to actually 
have laws where it mattered how what percentage black you were. Because what was ridiculous about it is you would go between states and you could be 10% black and be considered black in that state. But if you were 10% black in another state, you're not black. Now it's just like you can just identify with whatever because they know that it's all bullcrap. <laughs> they know that the whole thing, good morning, Katrina, it's all bullcrap. Just stop with all of these things. Everything is just looking to be offended. I mean, when can we make racist jokes funny again? That's not just racist against whites. I, I throw the Asians in there. I feel like Asians still, like, people can still make fun of Asians and it's still funny. Nobody, like, gets all, you know, all worried. Even, uh, what's your name? Candace Owens yesterday on Joe Rogan podcast. She made an Asian joke about... If you look, if someone's a bad driver and you look over and they're Asian, you're going, yeah, Asians are bad drivers. Like, still, nobody gets their noses out of joint when you say an Asian's a bad driver. Some people, super, they might go, eh, but that's, can we just go back to making fun of each other again? I want, I want the, what's that movie? I'm forgetting that movie, the, the Mel Brooks movie, Blazing Saddles. I want the Blazing Saddles days. Can we go back to that where we just make fun of everybody about everything? Like, that's how, what South Park's strategy was. Why do you think South Park's still on today? Because they've made fun of everything for 20 years or however long they've been on TV. As soon as you start saying, we can't make fun of Muslims or we can't make fun of blacks or we can't make fun of this, then the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, start with me. Call me whatever. You want to call me a guinea wop? Wop, wop, guinea wop, or whatever, drop top, guinea wop, whatever you want to call me, it's funny. Like the, Here's what I miss about Neffable. He didn't hold back when it came to making fun of me as Italian. He goes, you're the most Italian guy. I go, no, I'm not. I'm American. He goes, you, you talk with your hands, you do all the, and they go, go for it, bro. Like, just, just point and laugh and make fun. I'm a guinea Jew. I mean, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing, Steve. That's a beautiful thing. Steve said he was on the radio, had 116, uh... Shows all around the world. So Johnny's a white. Yeah, see, there you go. That's all you got to do. That's, that's, to me, that's funny. I don't know if you guys ever listened to Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, but one of the things, 112, sorry, I, I gave you four extra countries. Um, yeah. Bill Burr's, like, when people email him, the first line will be like, you pasty white gingerbread something, and he laughs. Like, they make fun of him in the first line, and that's part of his... His, his shtick. Alright, so... After she calls her the, the feckless C dash dash dash, which is uh, Morse code for something. I don't know what the dash dash dash... I think it's... Dash 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 is S. So she called her a CS. Don't ask me how I know that. I only know S... I only know SOS because it's dash dash dash... Or no, that would be... Dash dash dash... Dot dot dot... Dash dash dash... It's the only Morse code I know. So she called her CS. Or CO. I think I think O is, either S is dash 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 or O is dash dash dash. One or the other. There's uh, some Morse code info for you. So, yes, I'm very smelly. Actually, I'm very smelly right now. I, I did not take a shower this morning. Domi and I are going to go stink it up at the gym together. I'm going to go stink it up at the gym. She doesn't stink. And then, uh, then I'll shower after that. So sure, there are times when comedians use profanity to good effect. Yet here, to good effect. Oh, to good effect. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yet here be showed that 
at least for the moment, she was no better than your average vile social media user. Oh, good. Just do a search for C-word on Twitter to see how popular it is. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders denounced B's denunciation. Her disgusting comments are sh and show are not fit for broadcast. Whew, Sanders came out firing. Sanders said in a statement, and executives at Time, at Time Warner and TBS must demonstrate such explicit profanity about female members of the administration will not be condoned at this network. Thursday afternoon, B apologized on Twitter. I love how, like, Twitter is, like, just the official, like, this is where you, you bring your thoughts together and you send your tweet out in a, an apology. Like, that's, I can't believe Twitter is taken so seriously today. Like, it's because Trump made this, tw Trump made Twitter the forum for everybody. And that's true. Like, I didn't give a crap about Twitter. I, you know, I used it here and there, but since Trump's been, like, tweeting out, like, that's now the forum. That is the forum. It's like, well, if I want to play with Trump, I can. Trump did, Trump made Twitter kind of great, you know. Still, the whole shadow banning thing isn't cool because I know my stuff doesn't get through unless I tag people. But that's okay. All right, so I would like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trump and to my viewers for using an expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed the line and I deeply regret it. Samantha B, and then TBS says, Samantha B has taken the right action in apologizing for the vile and inappropriate language she used about Ivanka Trump last night. Those words should not have been aired. It was our mistake, too. We regret it. Oh, give me a break. I like how, so Rogan broke down that line that taking the right action. Well, yeah, I, w I would have said to Joe, well, of course they're going to side with her. She's on their network. They're trying to make it not so bad again. So she's apologizing for using a swear word. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She can say whatever she wants. She's just apologizing for using one word. Hope you're using a coaster. I am using a coaster, dear. It's right here. Thank you very much. Back to the show, if you don't mind. What's that, what's that saying about you never a whatever in your own house? Which is a good thing. It's a good thing. But she will check me regardless, which is a good thing. Like, you, better use, you better be using that coaster there. I am using the coaster. And that's not how she sounds. That's just, that's, so there's, um, there's a tone that men use for, I'm going to get in trouble for this one, for nagging wife. Okay. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tone we all use. Nah, 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 nah. That's what we use. So Domi has a beautiful voice. She has a beautiful accent. But you better make sure there's a coaster down. Yep. Got it right here. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Anyone wondering how B could have been so dumb need only to track down the video. As of now, it's been removed from Facebook and YouTube. When she levels the profanity, cheers up from the audience, from people who would flip out on cable hosts, deployed the same word as a Democrat. Full frontal is a must-view program. Oh my gosh. Like, listen to this article. It makes me sick. Full Frontal is a must-view program for the resistance to President Trump. And B appears to know how to please her fans. Come on, resistance? Like, to what? What are they resisting? 
Like, what has Trump done so bad? This is what I want to know. Like, what has he done so bad to, to make people have to feel like there has to be a resistance to him? I don't get it. Mary, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, there's no, like, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. I just can't. This is why I don't do the politics as much anymore, because I, I actually get aggravated because they're just so biased. Mary, you're going to get me in trouble. You're going to get me in trouble, of course. Dear, I feel like she's going to come busting through that door any minute. All right, so B appears to know how to please her fans. There's a similar dynamic on, on view on Twitter on Thursday afternoon. Note how many people are doubling down on B's initial use of the C dash dash dash, which is... No, it's... Bop, bop, bop. Which is S. Imagine if there were a six or seven time night show... Mainstream members, resistance against Obama. I mean, every show is a resistance against Trump. Colbert, you know, um, Kimmel, they're all doing the same thing. It's like watching the country lose its decency in real time. So, like, the Washington Post, in an article about how Samantha B was out of line, they they sum up the article with with... With a must-view program for the resistance of Trump, appears to know how to please her fans. A similar dynamic on The View on Twitter on Thursday afternoon. Note how many people are doubling down on B's initial word of the... Bah. Clearly disappointed by her apology. It's like watching the country lose its decency in real time. Like, oh, just fear. Like, you want to talk about fear-mongering. Like, ugh. I mean, this is... If I'm going to do a show about misogyny, you know I'm going to get a bunch of bullcrap. Because it doesn't exist in this country. Misogyny, misogyny does not exist in this country. It doesn't. It just doesn't exist. But I understand the notion of you can only understand what things are relative to you, right? So so you can't be upset about how women are treated around the world. You can only be upset about how you're treated in a certain thing. Oh boy, here we go. I'm waiting for them footsteps and the door to swing right open. I wasn't making fun of you, dear. I was making fun of you talking about the coaster. And then I and then I used that to segue to talk about how men have a voice for women when wives nag their husbands. It goes like this. Nah, and then you gotta go do this. And then you gotta go do that. That's just the way we do it. Alright. Australian governor minister. Apologize in there. Better be an apology... Oh yeah, I'm gonna get in trouble real good. This is this is when the episodes get entertaining. As Australian government minister apologized for swearing repeatedly at the mayor of a northern territory town. Health minister okay, so this is another misogyny story. Health minister Greg Hunt said he was wrong to use strong language during a private conversation with Catherine Mayor Faye Miller in December. Catherine Mayor? Faye Miller? Why do they put Mayor as like part of her name? And these articles are all in the description. Miss um, Miller also accused him of wagging his finger in her face. As if women don't do that to men when they're making a point. You see, ba -ba 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 -ba, they don't do that. So now he can't wag his finger? So that's why he wanted to borrow that <laughs> uh, Glad his name wasn't Mike. Is near I having boots? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, the pair had been discussing funding arrangements 
for local for a local health scare. During the conversation, Miss Miller said Mr. Hunt's tone changed after she asked him for more federal resources. Oh, I guess you're talking about tone again. Boy, that seems to be a popular word over these last few months, last few weeks. Everybody better watch their tone. That's right, Wyland. Better watch your tone. <laughs> During the conversation, Miss Miller and Mr. Hunt's tone changed. Okay. I turned on a switch of some sort because of the reloc because he relocated in his chair. So what? Pointing towards me. She told reporters on Thursday, said Mr. Hunt, then swore at her and told her to get over it. Well, maybe she shoulda. <laughs> and then he said more sentences with rude words in them. I did not move because I was absolutely gobsmacked. Okay, I've never, this is, must be an Australian term. We're going to look up the term gobs, gob, smacked, just like it says, G-O-B and then smacked. Never heard of this one. I'll find out. Yeah, you better watch his tone. This is dang like women. If you want to be, if you, here's what I, here's my advice to women. Women, if you want to be treated like an equal, you better be able to take it like an equal. Because if we disagree with you, we're not going to talk to you differently if you want to be treated like that. So don't get those jobs, but then be like, but you guys talk to me like a woman, but treat, but treat me with respect like a man. It's like, Nobody in the world's treated like that. We're either going to treat you with a like a woman and talk to you like a woman, or we're going to treat you like an equal. And then that's when we talk to you like this. And then you get and you go, he was rude to me. Meh, 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 meh. Utterly astonished is the definition of God smacked. She was just utterly astonished, as if she didn't know what she was doing. It's just like when uh, <laughs> Bill Burr had a great bit about when Chris Brown beat up Rihanna, right? terrible like you can't hit a woman we all agree you can't hit a woman but he's like do you think rihanna was just sitting there quietly and was like oh stop beating on me no she was probably in his face calling him this and that and your mother's did this and that's why you got a small dick bah, 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 bah. and then he lost control and and went nuts on her it's not acceptable to hit a woman but it doesn't give a woman credence to do whatever she wants Alright, she added the minister sat back in his little chair and said, I've heard you're feisty. That's funny. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Mr. Hunt, sometimes discussed as future leadership aspirant, said he sincerely regretted his language. Because that's what happens when a man, right or wrong, and any man that's ever been in a relationship, right or wrong, you know when you cross the line. Now a woman can say whatever they want. But a man, you have to, when you're ready to say something that's going to hurt her, walk out of the room. Because it's, because whether you're right, you're not going to feel good the next day. You might feel good in the moment, like, ooh, I got her good. But the next day you're going to be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Because you know that it's going to hurt her heart. So like a good man, he apologized after. He probably was like, I heard you were feisty. That's not even that bad. That's not even that bad. But you can't, you can't talk to women like you talk to men. So if, if two men are going at it, you can say whatever you want. They say what they want. You say what you want. And as soon as you feel like they cross the line, that gives you reason to cross the line as well. And at the end of the day, you can, you can, with your words, right? Your words can pop, 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 pop. But with a woman, 
Just stay on topic. If there's anything I learned from Bill Burr, just stay on topic. Now, if you're losing, you got to switch. You got to switch the track if you're losing. But if but if you're winning, just stay on topic, and you'll always win. So, if a woman who identifies as a man, okay, no, you can't hit anybody. You shouldn't hit. The whole point. That's where I do believe in the nonviolent approach. You can't hit anybody that doesn't hit you. So, if here's what I would say. All right, so you want advice on this? I'll give you advice on this. So, if a tranny hits you, clearly a tranny man, you can hit a tranny back. But but you can't hit a tranny first. That that would be my advice. I think that that makes sense. You can hit a tranny man if the tranny man hits you first. But if a tranny man's hitting on you, just say thank you very much and keep walking. You don't you don't the other part of that is is you don't put yourself in the position. You get yourself out of the position. It's better to not fight. So just don't put yourself in that position. Yeah, that's that is a good rule, right? That's the rule. That's the rule. <laughs> Cannot hit anyone first. I don't know, Island. So, Island, you're telling me. So, this this, this is how I know Island's a hypocrite. Because we all know Island's been in some fights. If some kid is talking crap about your wife, you're just going to let him do it? You're not going to... And he comes up and... What if, what if some guy touches your wife on the butt? I'm not saying hit her. He didn't hit her. He just... You're not going to hit him? There you go. For every action, there's equal opportunity. If you hit someone regardless of gender, you better expect to get hit back. This isn't Disneyland. Oh, yo, Domi just comes with the lines. You go to jail. Yeah, just the, the goal is you just, you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I've walked away from so many, so many situations. Actually, one time I didn't. I thought it was about to go down. So I used to DJ at this bar, right? And one day, I, I went there on a night I wasn't DJ. And I was there every Friday, Saturday night. So I must have went there on a, like a Thursday or something, right? And I'm at the bar having drinks. And it's crowded, right? And I'm standing right next to this dude, right? And he's like, yo, you're in, you're in my space. And I'm like, bro, I'm trying to get a drink. Like, everybody in here is trying to get a drink. And he's like, okay. He's like, I respect that. Because he saw I wasn't going to just move away. And I was like... Alright, cool. And I get my drink, and he goes, but you still not going to move, though, right? I was like, are you going to move? Because you know how it is in a bar when it's real crowded and everything. And this is like a, a club bar, not like a not like an Irish. You wouldn't do that in an Irish bar where it's like, yeah, dude, just, just order the drink, get it, and then move. This is like where it's just packed. It's jam-packed. There's nowhere to go. I go, because that's what I said to him. I go, where do you want me to go? You know, I'm getting my drink, and I'm going to sit here because I was by myself. And he's like, oh. at first he respected it. But when he saw I wasn't backing down, he was like, so, so you're not afraid or nothing? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to get my drink. And I'm Now, I should have just walked away. Because as I'm sipping my drink, I thought, this guy could take his bottle and smash it over my head right now. But I'm like, I'm cognizant of the whole situation. I've analyzed all the, the areas. And I'm like, just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And so now I'm not enjoying myself. Would have been better off to just take the L, walk away, and enjoy myself. But instead, I sat there in anticipation that this guy was going to hit me. And he never did. Which is, then gives me more confidence, because then I feel like, yeah, see, I won. I didn't back down. But, had he hit me, and we got into a scuffle, the police literally, this bar, 
where this bar was, the police set up right outside because there were some confrontations that happened in this bar. It was the bar to go to, especially because your boy was DJing it. But um, the police are right there. You get arrested. You're going. You're getting thrown into the paddy wagon. You don't want that stuff to happen. So it's like I'm just sitting there. I'm like, eh, yeah, I won. I'm like, this is my bar. I'm thinking all this stuff in my head. You know, would've been better just take drink, walk away. Some situations are not worth it. Choose your battles. Choose your battles is the lesson there. And don't forget to hit the like button. So. The reason I, I tell you guys that the like button so much is when I see numbers go up and then get cut in half real quick, I'm like, if you guys hit the like, then that's my gauge to know how many people are, are actually watching. Or, you know, you can hit the dislike too. If you don't like it, that's fine. I appreciate the likes. You can hit dislike too. I just, I want to be able to gauge how many people are watching. The only thing is, is that on my phone, it only shows, thank you guys for the likes so much. It only shows the likes. It doesn't show the dislikes. So I don't know exactly how many dislikes are there, but that's okay. Now I see, okay, we, it says 11 watch and 10 likes. So I'm assuming maybe there's one dislike, and that's okay. So that makes sense with this. But if I see the numbers drop to 6, and, there, and there's 6 likes, but I saw it was 11 earlier, then I don't know how to gauge it properly. So that I do appreciate. Okay, so let's continue with this, uh, this article here. He said his apology should have come sooner. Oh, just like his apology should have come sooner. Oh, yeah, like within two hours? Was that soon enough? Apparently not. Sorry. As if, uh, this is what happens. So I'm not... <laughs> Thanks, Mary. So here's what happens. I'm not one to let things go. So until they, until they get put to bed, I'm not going to let it go. Because when I had someone lying to me privately and then behind my back trashing me, I can't let it go. I know I said you should. Verbally, I don't let things go. But physically, I do. I've been choked, not hit somebody back. I've been punched in the face, not hit somebody back because I wasn't mad. Now, the couple times that I got mad, I I almost put a kid in a garbage can, which I'll never forget. And the other one was I, I picked up this kid and I dropped him right on his back. And he was like, oh, that kid's an attorney now. He passed the bar and everything. He was the class clown. He's a attorney. Good for him, Danny. His name's Danny, old Danny boy. I'm not going to say his last name. All right, so it was my fault and my responsibility, Mr. Hunt told reporters on Thursday. I accepted that. I think it's important for me to both repeat that I have apologized to the mayor, but to repeat the apology publicly. His apology came before Miss Miller accused him of misogyny. Oh, snap. So he literally apologized before being accused of misogyny, yet this whole article is about misogyny. Misogyny in Australian politics. In 2012, the Australian Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, famously accused her, op her opposition counterpart, Tony Abbott, of misogyny in a speech in Parliament. I would love a woman to run for office and not play the woman card. Because Hillary played it so much, it was like annoying. Just just run on your record. But she knew she didn't have the record to run on because she won a Senate position when she had done nothing but just chew in Bill Clinton's ear. But not chew on some other things that maybe she should have that would have saved her marriage. da -dunch. Um And then, in the Senate, she had a bad record. Ran for president right after because everyone knew that's what she wanted to do. Lost. Then was Secretary of State, and because of her lies of Benghazi, she was forced to resign, and her record was terrible. 
But she couldn't talk about a record. She had to talk about how I'm a woman in favor of women in health care. And I'm going to blah, 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 blah. I just, I just can't. I just can't stand that. So, uh, yeah, kill him with smugness. She would have been better. I thought I thought when, when she did that, if you can't beat him, join him, and she put the Russian hat on recently. I thought that was hilarious. I thought, see, Hillary, you should have just been the bitch. You're, you're, you're more likable because that's who you are. That's the thing. If you just are who you are and not try to put on this big front, it's going to be likable. It's like Archie Bunker, right? Was this... Was this uh, curmudgeony? That's the word everyone likes to use. He was like a curmudgeon. Like, yeah, and this one and that one. And this. But the guy was likable because that's who he was, just like Eric Cartman, which his character's based off of Archie Bunker. Eric Cartman's likable because that's who he is. When we don't like somebody, it's when we know that they're being phony. That's when we don't like somebody. For example, it's why I didn't like Obama. I liked, here's when I liked Obama, when I was reading about him in Who's Afraid of the Big Black Man? The book's up there. Here, I'll go get it for proof. For proof. People can't be like, man, you're right, you should be saying this bull crap. It's one of the few books I read because I liked Charles Barkley. I named my dog Barkley off of him because I loved how he played basketball. I bought this at the dollar store, Dollar Tree, when I was like in, uh, Freshman in college, and while I was working, look at this, originally priced, twenty four ninety five thirty six Canadian. Can you guys see that? Yeah, you can see that. Twenty four ninety five US, 36 Canadian. Like, that's expensive. And then, didn't sell so well, so she found, wound up at the Dollar Tree. And I'm reading this, and I'm, I was reading about Obama in here. This is where I heard about him. This was like in 2007, I believe. Yes, yeah, this, this is one of the few books I read. That's true. I don't read a lot. I mean, I do read a lot in the Bible, but I consider that different. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to do that. Like, for joy, so this was published 2005. I read it, I believe, in the summer of 2007. Come on in, dear. And here's where I was reading about um, Barack Obama in here, and he was talking about how public schools should wear uniforms. And I thought, what a great idea. I don't... I can't do a, a Barkley impression because it'll be terrible. It'll be a terrible impression. I'd have to hear it and then try to do it. Um, so, I'm reading about, yeah, like public schools, having a uniform would be a great idea. I thought, yeah, like when I was in school, I mean, I went to a, I went to a, a very poor Catholic school. There's a difference between going to a private school and a poor Catholic school. Yes, did we have to pay to go there? Yes, but it wasn't so bad. No problem, baby. So, then... I was thinking about when we had dress down days, I was like, yeah, like we were half as productive. Like what the pressure, and it was pressure for me. Like, can't wear this outfit. I wore that a month ago. Someone's going to remember I wore that. I couldn't imagine going to a public school where people are going to be judging what you're wearing all the time because, you know, so you got to be buying all these clothes and staying up with the trends. Like that's pressure. So I agreed with him there. I was like, that's a good point. But that didn't mean I thought he'd make a great president. What I did know though, which I called back in 2007, Matter of fact, it might even have been 2006 I called it. When did I read? I read it in 2007. So yeah, it would have been the summer of 2007. I said to my buddies, I was like, yo, he gonna, he's going to become president. And my buddies that were far left were like, no, Hillary's going to win. I was like, nah, man, like this guy, he's smooth. And that's all. He just had to be smooth and say the right things. And he could say, and, and he realized, what Obama realized is that if you just oppose things... When you run for office, you, you, you're going to have at least half of the favor because you can say 
you opposed it. And then if you win, or if it was bad, like the Iraq war, going into the Iraq war was bad, he could say, see, I was against it, and I was one of the few senators against it. And that, and now you, now you just won favor. So literally, I, I learned this on Apprentice, and this is the whole irony of this thing, is because Apprentice is where I learned this, this whole notion that if you go against what the project manager says, if you win, you don't go to the boardroom. But if you lose, when you're in the boardroom, you can say, I told him not to do it, and he went along and did it anyway. And then Trump goes, ah, yeah, this guy had vision, this guy had vision. And literally Obama used that method in Senate and was like, I oppose this, I oppose that, I oppose this for this reason, and then I oppose that for that reason, and then I did a little blow. And that's okay. We're just going to keep on moving. And then I'm going to beat this bitch Hillary. And then I'm going to become the next president of the United States. And the president number 44, I believe. Maybe it was 48. I don't know exactly how many. But then, at that point, I'm going to win a second term. Even though I lost in most of the debates with, with uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney. But then we said, you know, he was going to have you back in chains. And we got him right out. Right out there. Barack Obama, 2012 and 2008. So, uh, yeah, I read this book by Charles Barkley and Michael Wilbon. You know what I'm going to do right now? We're going to go a little trip down memory lane. Yes, I am the problem. I'm the problem in the solution. So, here we go. Here's where I learned about Barack Obama. So, the brilliant writings of Charles Barkley. You imagine, Charles Barkley didn't write a, a word in this book. He just asked people questions. Even when people who are aware politically might not have heard of the name Barack Obama until sometime in the spring or summer of 2004, even people in Illinois didn't know who he was two years ago. Like, <laughs> I love how it's like, he was groomed. They're basically like, he was groomed. Nobody knew who he was. And that's the whole notion. There's a ch Chinese proverb of something along the lines of, a man is always wise in a new town. Or uh, something to, to that effect. Which is why even Jesus had to leave Nazareth. Because people wouldn't take him serious. Jesus had to be like, I got to get out of town. I got to take my mission on the road. Because people are going to look at me like, oh, you're Joseph's son. You're a carpenter. Like, what are you going to tell me about how I should live my life? Go back to chopping some wood. And that's why he just came out of nowhere. So, literally in this book, which is where I learned about him, they're like, nobody really knows who this guy is. Now he's a U.S. Senator. Literally, if you're on the left, if you're black, on the left, and a smooth talker, You'll 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 climb right to the top. Now you have to lie your behind off, but you'll climb right to the top. If you're on the right, you better have built a huge business, like Trump. You, I don't know. There's only so much so many things that can get you through. And I'm not talking about just politically speaking. I'm saying like, I, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. I said, look, like Candace Owens, she's beautiful. She's black. She's, as, as Joe Rogan called it, she's the conservative wet dream. Tommy Lahren, she's white, but she's beautiful, young, and aggressive. Boom, you're in. I got no chance. I got no chance to, to, to make it anywhere against that because it's like, yeah, you know, it's me and my buddies. <laughs> it's me and my buddies. Because do I think that Candace Owen can hold a feather to me? No, I don't. She's been conservative for two years. She probably didn't even vote for Trump. But maybe she did. I don't know. 
here's what I do know. She hasn't said anything that I haven't heard before. Now, this this Charles Fink, Fink that she's talking about, Kirk, Kirk, Captain Kirk, I bet he's pretty, I bet he's pretty, I bet he's smarter than me. Ben Shapiro's smarter than me. Candace Owens, Tommy Laren, they, they haven't told me anything I don't know. And that sounds arrogant. I realize this. John would do this if no one showed up. I, I would. I enjoy this. I have a separate channel where sometimes I go live and maybe one person goes. And I'm like, oh, cool. Because I'm just, I enjoy this. Ever see the Obama by the video? They treat him like Jesus. By thy name video? No, I have not. I have not, Kevin. I bet she wipes standing up. She seems like the time. <laughs> the phrase African-Americans really doesn't tell you anything about a person's background other than he or she has some African ancestry and that she's an American citizen. We as black people always laugh about it because we know how mixed race 90% of us are. Thank you, Charles. They labeled African American doesn't tell you, for instance, a whole lot about black people have at least one Native American grandparent or great-grandparent. See, that's, that's ironic and true. Barack Obama is the son of a father who is African, and the funny thing is, is that Domi's family knew Barack because he was from the same part of Nairobi that they were, and they used to know him to go to the same the same local bar. He'd always go to the same local bar all the time. So crazy. Like, that's crazy to me that um, the leader of the free world, Barack Obama, his father used to drink at the bar that my wife's family knew really well. Like, that, you talk about the six degrees of separation. It's like two. That's crazy to me. I don't consider... I say Obama is 0% black. He had a father that he never knew from Africa and grew up in a white suburb. He has no black experience whatsoever, which is what happens with light-skinned brothers. Light-skinned brothers play the black card like they are Nelson Mandela. It's it's just... It drives me nuts. The, the, the less black somebody is, the more they play their black card. Because the... And, my, and this is obviously out of all of my experience. The blacker somebody is, the less they care about being black. But the lighter skinned black somebody is, they're like, they oppressing us and they holding us down. And the white man getting us. I mean, look it up, Malcolm X. Malcolm X was as light, fair skin as you could be. And then by the end of his life, he's like, wow, a lot of this stuff's bullcrap. Cack, cack, cack. Dead. I just, I just, I'm just saying I have more of a black experience than Barack Obama. That's all I'm saying. I, I grew up in the hood, but it was a good hood. It was still good at that time. I mean, you know, it was no, 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 no. Like, the, the, the families on my street were amazing. But didn't mean, like, there weren't, there wasn't crime going on all over the place. She ain't, she ain't had, she don't got no black experience. She did that later in life, and this is what a lot of people in college do. They, they get to know some of their hippie professors and they start telling them all the stuff that they know nothing about and then they go yeah like let's go help the black people because they need help no they don't need help they need you to leave them the hell alone and stop trying to push them up when they don't want to be pushed up let them do what they want to do you do what you want to do and stop taxing the hell out of us that would be that would be what i would run on let me do what i want to do you do what you want to do and stop taxing the hell out of me. That's a long slogan, but I'll take it. It would just be stop taxing the hell out of me. That would be my slogan I'd run on. Um, 
has a chance to be a great leader for black people. See, they were building him up long. This is like, this is, this book came out three years before 2008. As Michael Jazik said it, it, that's so true. How they help black people in Detroit. They don't help anybody. They keep you on that plantation by just giving you enough to say, all right, I'm already taking in X amount a month. If I go to work, I'm not going to even make that much. So why would I work and lose all this? I got to work to replace that income because it's a short-term version. Obviously, you would work and eventually make more than what you're taking in, but now you got to work. So why would you work? So you just find ways to do your own thing while she pays all the bills because she got kids, and so she going to get some more help. I mean, it's crazy. It just drives me off the wall. And they just they keep you right there, and they keep you just, they give you just enough to keep you right there. I'm sure people would love to disagree with me, but anybody that believes that you need help from the government, I do, I, we're not going to come eye to eye on things. I had a friend of mine who told me he was right-wing, you know. And told me, you know, he was conservative. And then I didn't see him for a year or so. And we go out, we have somebody, and he's like, yeah, but they could, they could take, a, they could take advantage of these programs. I was like, bro, programs? I go, that's more tax dollars. Why do you want them sucking up more tax dollars? He goes, but I go, you see, this guy was just, he, good guy, just he was been lying to my face, telling me that. He's leaning right. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's why you're so upset because you think your heart is like, but I got to help them. But your mind's like, that's not going to help them. It's going to keep them right there. So if you'd like to massage a knee, throw me a like. That's all you got to do. That's how you massage a knee with a like button. Massage me with some like buttons. Here's a chance to be a great leader for black people. For a lot of people, da 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 da. Our keys for black leader, the effective, is that white people can't be afraid of him. Now, that's true. That's true. Barack was so white that white people weren't afraid of him. Like, if it was, Al Sharpton could never win because white people are like, no, the guy's been a race baiter his entire life. There's no way that he could win. But literally, it says it right in this paragraph. One of the keys for a black leader to be effective is that white people can't be afraid of him. White people have all the money and power. And if they're going to help black people, if they're going to listen to their complaints, they have to be approached in a non-threatening way. Barack puts everybody at ease. When Will, when Will Bond and I went to his office on South uh, Michigan Avenue in Chicago, it was just before 2004 election. His opponent was Alan Keyes, the ultra-conservative commentator whom white Republicans had to run against Barack after Jack Ryan... The person who really wanted to run had to withdraw from the race because of a sex scandal that involved his wife, but didn't actually have sex in it. Wait, what? What story is this? The person they wanted to run... So this is what happens with the, the, the Democrats. Not the Alright, so I'm not going to say the left here. The Democrats. They are great at digging up dirt on somebody, and they will just soil your name so badly that you can't even run. So this guy, Jack Ryan, apparently was the person the Republicans wanted to run, but he had to withdraw from the race because of a sex scandal that involved his wife, but didn't actually have sex in it. So, like, what kind of story could that have been? But he says, but that's another story. It's like, that's what the Democrats do. They just, they run somebody down. A sex story didn't even have sex in it. Snipes 2020 for president. He didn't believe in paying taxes. Oh, wait, wait, who's... If he was Wesley Snipes, yeah, I like Wesley Snipes. 
Yeah, because Wesley Snipes comes from, and this is going to sound stupid, but because he comes from a karate background of discipline, and even though he didn't pay his taxes, right? That I guess that's the joke, right? He didn't pay his taxes. I bet he didn't pay him because he's like, no, this is bull crap. They just abuse all my money that I worked hard for, made money in movies. Look at what... Never mind. He's a fifth Dan. I don't know what that means. All right, so he had gone to a place in Cairo, Illinois, down the southern part of the state to campaign. It's part of the state. Da da da. Brock told us when he had his eye, when he had his eye on the seat in Senate, the general view was that he'd be a great. Barack told us about who. Maybe he's the one person who, in four or eight or twelve years, can help heal a nation. Like. The nation was pretty good at this point. We didn't like the Iraq war. That's See, it's, it feels like every president has his... Mm, that just really crushes him, right? Other than Reagan. Reagan was pretty... Reagan was pretty stout. But, you know, George H.W. Bush was no new taxes. Bill Clinton was Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, sure. Sure you can. But they're going to come in knee dollars, brass. They're going to come in knee dollars. Um, George W. Bush is the Iraq War, and Obama's obviously the Obamacare, Affordable Health Care Act. You know, that, like, everybody's got their thing. I'm not sure what Trump's going to be. If it's going to be the Stormy Daniels thing, that, that's got to play out sometime soon. Like, that's getting so corny. Nobody cares. We've already gotten through that. Because of Bill Clinton, we've gotten through that now. So it's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And even, like, I didn't care too much about the Monica Lewinsky thing. I really didn't give a crap. It didn't bother me. It's like, yeah. Fooled around his wife? Yeah, so did JFK. And he's heralded as, like, one of the greatest presidents of all time because he was shot and killed. That's why. That's why. Brock told us when he had his eye on the seat in the Senate, the general view was he'd be a great U.S. senator, but he is not going to be able to do it. Going to be able to get in. The attitude was he's got no money, he doesn't come from a wealthy family, he's got no organization, he wasn't born into a political family, and he's a black man with a name that folks can't even pronounce, and it sounds Muslim, so he's not going to be able to go through the difficulties of the campaign process. But my generality was obviously much more optimistic than that, because I had seen how people responded if I met him one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, the guy was smooth. I give him that. Obama was smooth. He was a smooth, slick talker, and he knew what he was doing. And because of that, I was born in Hawaii. He said, my, my father was from Kenya, my mother is a white woman from Kansas. In my early years, I lived in Hawaii. Where just about everybody was mixed up racially. Yeah, and that's part of why... Oh, never mind. We ain't gonna go down this road. For better or worse, I really didn't think about race in those terms for the first six years of life. Then I moved to Indonesia because my mother was involved in international development after she married, after she remarried, after her father divorced. After my father divorced. So I lived in Asia and there are a lot of people who noticed that I was different. First of all, I'm taller than everybody else. Everybody who was probably about five feet tall. So, they all thought I was 15. When, you know, I was just six. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I'm serious. The average height of a man was like 5'3 or something. Anyway, I remember that in the American embassy in Jakarta. And, in fact, the head of the embassy, there was some black guy. He was very distinguished. He was an, 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 a very impressive guy. And as long as you talk like this, and you take a little pause in your speech... People think you're already a little bit more intelligent. My mother worked in the embassy. 
and she would sometimes let me go to the library there, and I would start looking through books. I read comic books, but then I read some other stuff. I remember getting Life... All right, so I'm just going to read this. I remember getting Life magazine and flipped into the page, and I came across a picture of a white guy, but something about him looks kind of funny. He looks real, pale. He looks like an albino or something. There was something not quite right about him. I couldn't figure it out at first. So I started reading this piece, and it turned out it wasn't a white guy. It was a black guy who had bleached his skin with these skin-lightening products that they used around the 1950s. The story was about all these black folks who had gone through bleaching process, and the results were terrible. I mean, they looked just awful. And they talked in the interview about how sorry they were about having gone through psychologically, then, of course, and then physical act of bleaching themselves. I remember, it's just like, they're not even writing a book. They're just quoting Obama for pages and pages and pages. I remember that the first time that I thought about race in terms of not being darker than somebody else, but in terms of thinking. There you go. See, there it is right there. That's the whole thing. This is worse than actual Obama. Why do they consider not having money? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't think of it in terms of being about my race necessarily, but it struck me that there was this sickness out there that would cause somebody to feel that they had to bleach their skin. I couldn't articulate it at the time. I just couldn't. It wasn't like I was able to say to myself, okay, there's psychological, there's psychological, there's a psychology of self-hatred that has been perpetuated. I wasn't going to go through all that at six years old, but I do remember feeling like, huh, well, that's something that anybody would do this to their own skin to look lighter. It was the first time I remember thinking about race in specific terms. In that sense of all the potential negative stereotypes and connotations that go along with race, get to the point. This is the problem with leftists is they never just get to the point. They just drag on. Like I realize I do a, I do an hour show, right? So I got time to fill. So I, sometimes I tell a story. But if I didn't have a story to tell or I didn't have an hour to fill, I should say, I would just say my point and then back it up. But they just tell these long stories. I can't even listen to Obama speak. I can't listen to Jordan Peterson speak. He's born in hell to me. Like Get to your point, Jordan Peterson. I, I know you guys like him. I can't stand him. It's like, bro, just, it's like, come on. I, I, I'm like, all right, yeah, here's a guy I'm supposed to like. Here's a guy I'm supposed to like. Let me watch him. Okay, get to the point. Get to the point. I can't watch his debates. They're too boring. Like Shapiro gets to his point. Point. Pom, 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 pom. Peppers him with point. Oh, I just, I, Mary, I can't, I can't stand it. Good morning, Sam. So we're reading from, uh, Sam, just so you know, we're reading from Who's Afraid of a Large... Oh, it's a large black man? I thought it was a... Who's Afraid of the Big Black Man? I've been quoting it wrong my whole life. Who's Afraid of a Large Black Man? Wasn't me. I named my dog Charles Barkley. Just like, just so I could say, Barkley, no. Bad dog. Bad dog. Just kidding, Charles. I still like you, even though you're an idiot. And actually, there's a great clip of Michael Savage... And Charles Barkley debating on YouTube. Not on YouTube, but like when Savage had a show on MSNBC, which blows my mind. If you have ADD, yeah, that's probably true, Brass. I, I, he doesn't get to the point. He just... And he's like, is he going to get to his point somewhere? No, he's not. It's because he's, he's, a, he's a teacher. And teachers got time to fill. So he feels like he's teaching a classroom every time he talks. 
MJ really did? I didn't know that, Mary. That's cool. When I became aware then, it probably reached me personally later than most because I was living in Asia and it wasn't right for my face. My mother was a white woman who just loved black people, loved the civil rights movement. She'd tell me how Harry Belafonte was the best looking man on the planet. And if it ain't broke, it might work better. Godfrey Legacy, in that order. Thank you for watching this episode of Knee TV, episode number 119. Peace.